PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Hey, Crespo Diso listeners and Florida residents, time to go to StreamlineFlorida.com and see about getting a new home equity loan or refinancing your current loan. Guys, loan interest rates are at historically low levels. Take advantage today. Go to StreamlineFlorida.com to get the process started online or call them at 407-898-4477. You can even email the president, Brian Zymel himself, B-Zymel, B-Z-I-M-E-L at StreamlineFlorida.com and ask them about how they can help you get better rates, lower payments, pay off your loan quicker. What do you want to do? Streamline Florida can help you do it. They are A-plus rated at the Better Business Bureau. They are highly recommended by many people. They have so many great testimonials out there. Peter Von Taborski at Scotch Good Conversation and Dee Dee Von Taborski from Dinner and Good Conversation both used their services. Both super happy with Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Find out what they can do for you. Contact them today. Let them know Cinema Crespediso sent you. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Tiso. Welcome to episode 415 of Cinema Crespity. So I am your host, Christopher Crespo. Uh, I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. I'm five foot eleven and a half, uh, between 260 to 75 pounds, depending on the depression level. I uh, like walks on the beach, but not that long because I get tired. Also, you know, I got to be careful with the sun. Uh, I love dogs. Cats are cool. Snakes, get the fuck out of here. With me, Mr. Chicago Ranger. Are you trying to pick up chits on this podcast today? Uh, we are now doing... Is that, is that what's going on? Oh, I forgot, is, is I forgot to tell you, Drew. Crespo Diso Singles Hour? I forgot to tell you, we're rebranding. This is... Uh, we're doing... No one's ever done this before. We're doing Love Live. <laughs> no one's ever... Hey, at least I can be Dr. Drew. Hey! <laughs> the very first ever Dr. Drew is here. Dr. Drew Sikogburn is here to help us out. Uh, Drew Sikogburn is uh, six foot four, 220 pounds. Pure <laughs> muscle. But not gross bulbous muscle like he looks good guys like scars guard good all right so uh, like brad pitt and fight club good so uh ladies slide into those dms he won't see them he's off the internet yeah so what are you gonna do are you gonna have to like ask for passenger pigeons sent your way i guess come on dr uh, drew either that or you know text messages cell phone calls even though i don't give up my phone number to exactly anybody. that's what i'm saying so, it's like you're uh yeah. like uh, Love me world, but also leave me alone. No. It's a tough position it's to not, be it's in. It's not even love me world. It's just leave me the fuck alone. 
Yeah, but there's a yearning to be loved. Is there? Yes. Are you sure about that? There's an innate yearning to be loved uh, in everyone, unless you're a psychopath. Well, that remains to be seen, I guess. I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, is your house not on fire? Well, then you're you're good to go. Almost knocked it over. No, let's put it over there. Okay. Um, I don't know why we do this. We have no time to waste, guys. This is a uh, this episode is packed with stuff. We have to get into it. We're going to review Ma Rainey's... Bla- well, I'm going to review. Did you see it? No, I did not have a chance. Drew did not have a chance. Drew started his new uh, career and it's whatnot. And it's the holiday time, so it's extra busy. It's a tough time to begin. Uh, so we all... Uh, we're very happy for Drew right now going on. That's going well, right? Yeah. It's only been... Two weeks. Man, it's awesome. Yeah. Is there any sort of probationary, like, 60-day period that there... Or is it just like you're working, you're part of us now? No, I, 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 yeah, I'm part of them. That's awesome. Um... If you want to know what Drew does, slide into my DMs, and I'll hit you up with uh, his All pager with his, his pager number. Uh, he's running. He's running for the local. You know what? Never. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it on the show. What he's actually doing? Don't want to get in trouble with the M- the Metro Bureau of Investigation. Remember them? Remember those guys? Nope. Yeah, I told you about them. That's a thing. That the local like they're like private police. I don't know what the fuck they are. They're like a police force, but they're not the police. The MBI. They're like the FBI, but for the city. What? <laughs> yeah. Do I have to take them seriously? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Or are they like rented cops where it's just like, dude, fuck off? No, they're the type of cops that like like vice vice squad. Okay. Rating like Rachel's and stuff. Oh. Yeah, no, it's a uh, oof. They're not they're not they're interesting. Um, I mean, the health inspector <clears throat> should be rating Rachel's. Not <laughs> No, Maybe it's not a, those guys. It's a tandem deal. <laughs> yeah, who people eat there? That's Come what I'm on, saying. what's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, we swear it's really good. <laughs> rule one of the strip club, Chris. Don't eat at the strip club. It's the same rule as the Wing House. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but the Wing House is a food establishment, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, at least a strip club is like. There's those ones that do um, breakfast breakfast buffets. Have you seen those? Mm. They're like up and down uh, 95. No, thank you. Not interested. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, on Netflix. It's a August Wilson play adapted into a Netflix film by Denzel Washington. Produced it. Okay. August Wilson has ten plays called the uh, Century Cycle. Nine of them are set in I think Philadelphia, and then one is set in Chicago. This is the one set in Chicago. Okay. That movie Fences that came out a couple years yeah. ago. That's also August Wilson. So hey, that's also Viola Davis. That's also Viola Davis. So Denzel uh, has said that he wants to adapt all ten for either big screen or small. Well, two down. He's got two down. Eight more to go. Uh, the third one is the piano something. I already forgot the title. Which one? But he already has like the next one decided which one uh, what he's working on. Oh, he said this uh, as recently in September that he wants uh, Barry Jenkins to direct the. I mean, yeah, why not? The, the next one, yeah, which is like, duh, sounds a lot better than the goddamn Lion King uh, prequel, sequel, duh. whatever the hell he's gonna. Yeah. We're gonna lose him for the next couple of years. At least right. he's gonna get paid. I mean, yeah, he'll get paid. He'll get paid, and then he can, like, go back to making good movies. I mean, I just hope that, you know, the public doesn't go along with this Lion King reboot bullshit. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be uh, the marketing's job. We'll see how, how well the marketing is at that time. Still a few years away. So this is... It's a play about... Uh, it's 1920s, I believe. Ma Rainey is going to show up to record her a single black bottom a very popular song uh chadwick boseman is levy who uh is a 
trumpet player, young trumpet player who sees himself having a huge future. Uh, and he wants to do a different jazzed up speedier version of the song. So there's tension there between him and the rest of the band and Ma Rainey. Uh, a lot of tension between Ma Rainey and the white producers who are just trying to get her to record the song. So they can make some money. Yeah, but she's like, she's showing up an hour late. She's like, I, you got to go to the store and get my Coca-Cola. Where's my soda? You know, she's she's throwing her weight around, but also because she knows that these people are going to make a ton of money off yeah, her work. And she will be making very little. That she has to argue for even her small cut. Yeah, which she does. Um, great cast. All right, you got Viola Davis. You got Chadwick Boseman, last role, skinny as hell, look, looking sickly. Like he's dying. Like, oh, this guy. <laughs> and the fact that he has any energy is like, whoa, it's amazing. Um, Doctor Senator, Glenn Glenn Thurman, Glenn Thurman. He's also in John Dies at the End. He's cool. a he's a cop in that one. Who uh, do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I don't he, remember him in it though. Yeah, he, he's the he's the cop who tries to like burn the place down. He's fun in that. He he's one of the the band members. And who who else? There's someone else in this. I was like, hey, it's that guy. Anyway, uh, it's good. I like it. Hour and a half. It's a stage play. Mm-hmm. Done it in movie form, so it's pretty quick. Uh, lots of uh, monologues because it's only like it's set in two locations, like the rehearsal room and then the studio space, and uh, a little bit outside of those rooms. So it's mostly there. It's just people coming and going, and it's uh, it's 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 hard doing a movie adaptation of a play like that. Yeah, you know, it, it's one thing. Because the the play's written for a stage, therefore, it, you know, constraints. Yes. And, like, how do you show this cinematically without it being boring visually? Uh, how do you act this stuff out? You can't act it the same way you would do in a play on stage as you would in a movie, because then it could be too big. Uh, the original one done in the early 80s, Chadwick Boseman's part, was uh, Charles S. Dutton. A young Charles S. Dutton, a young rock, nice. was uh, the trumpet player. And when it moved to Broadway, I think he kept, uh, st- he was still in that role and then got nominated for Tony's, I believe. Uh, and then even they did a revival of it in early 2000s, like 2006, and Whoopi Goldberg was Ma Rainey. Oh, nice. That, that I would have actually liked to have seen that very much. Viola Davis is fucking, she's great in this. Mm. She's so, um, like, the world is just, uh, she's just done. She's just done with all of it, and she's like, "What? What do you want me to do? You want me to sing this goddamn song again?" She's good on Netflix. Worth it. Just came out. Worth it. Uh, they were talking about doing ahead of it coming out. Netflix doing like the awards push type thing. If there even is a fucking, I don't know. If there's even being Oscars or whatnot. Um, pushing Chadwick Boseman, obviously posthumously mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. I don't know if it's, but then again, awards are so fickle yeah, you never and stupid. Know. Yeah, but. Um, I really liked him in it. I thought he was great, but I mean, is it an awards thing? It's because there's like a couple of um, monologues that get really, really deep, uh, really intense, and you're like, "Whoa!" I'm talking about the uh, bad family histories and mm-hmm. stuff. So you can see why people would be drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the movie ends with like a little bit of violence. And you're like, "Whoa! Oh my god! I didn't expect that." Cool. And then it's, it's a, and then the music is just old blues. So it's all, yeah, it's all. It's not a musical. Mm-mm. It's just a stage play with music. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Mando. Saw them both. You caught up? Caught up. You're all caught up? What a doozy. So and so, did, did I call it or what? Did you call it? What did you call it? I already forgot. I'm pretty sure at some point in time I said something about Baby Yoda and fucking Luke getting together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. It just makes sense. 
Yeah, thema- we did talk about we did talk about that. We yeah. did because it's like uh, just timeline wise, and with them talking about Jedi's being out there, and Ahsoka talking about another Jedi. Yeah. Well, who the fuck is still out here? I mean, yo, at that point in time, Yoda's dead. Uh, I mean, technically, Leia. Yes, that was the other possibility. But that Leia could show up. Yeah, and do it. But. You know. Oh yeah, but uh, but okay. Yeah, but I mean, they did digitally de-age Mark Hamill. Said, just so gets, just get yeah. Sebastian Stan already. Just cast Let's this guy. It. Just do it. You want to revoice it with Mark Hamill? Maybe you're still gonna digitally change Hamill's voice so it doesn't sound like an old man. Mm. Come on, just give us. When he popped up, I was like, "There's something about this dude's face. What's going on here?" Dude, well, I saw the green lightsaber, and in my head, I'm, well, yeah. I'm going, "Okay, so that's Obi Wan or Luke." <laughs> as soon as the and I'm like, and, 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 and in this timeline, X wing showed up. I'm like, line, that's that's a very specific yeah. X wing. And in this timeline, it, it can't be, it can't be Obi Wan because he's already dead. So yes, yes, he'd be uh, yes because he's old man. Yeah. He's, this yeah. is years after he's passed. Yeah, because uh, Mando is ha- happens in between episode what in, in between the good Star Wars and the new Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right after Jedi. Yeah, right after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And so when, when so this is Return of Return of the Jedi. So yeah, so so when I saw the green lightsaber and uh, the hand, the cloaked hand, yeah. I was like, "Fucking Skywalker!" Yep. It's like he's back, baby. We knew it. Um, is this the end of the show? I I can't see how they separated him, and then it's like he he cried, and then it was over. Yeah, like and, I said, I mean, I don't. And then s- they didn't tease another season; they tease another show. That yeah. was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it could be maybe. I mean, in these what's, the what's the, that in the way that they've decided to move forward with the Star Wars universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of leads to possibilities. I mean, if Luke Skywalker is going to show up in the fucking Mandalorian, yeah. then any of these characters can show up in any show in any movie as long as the timeline fits. I mean, Ahsoka's in Mando. Pablo, Pablo? I always want to say is Pablo or Pedro? Pablo Pascal? Pedro Pascal. Mr. Pascal uh, has said that he, because we got the Knights of the New Republic, mm-hmm. Rangers of the New Republic, excuse me, and Ahsoka, I think it's Ahsoka, are technically Mando spinoffs. Favreau is going to be producing both of them. Uh, so he was like, I could I mean, I could foreseeably pop up in any of these shows yeah. because uh, they're they're all like coming off of this. Um, Darth Vader is confirmed for the Obi Wan show, so uh, yeah, man, anyone could pop up in goddamn anything. Oh, yeah. Chewie could pop up out of yeah. nowhere. Expect one Han Solo mm-hmm. gonna pop up. Is Alden Ehrenreich gonna get another shot at it? Or are they gonna go with another uh, <laughs> another young Solo? Yeah, or let's try this one again, again. You know oh. what are they gonna do there? Uh, it's a good show, man, but it's already over. That's a bummer. Man. And they're not doing um, a whole season of the gallery oh. thing. It's just one like one hour special that's coming out uh, this upcoming Friday. I mean, I could definitely see more Mandalorian stuff I coming. More, I, love more I mean, stuff. motherfuckers got the goddamn dark saber. Yeah, they have to sort that, <laughs> and she has to beat him in combat. 
to get it. Yeah, so, so, so at the moment he's the rightful. Uh, I mean, I, like it, it, ruler. That's of what Mandalore. I'm saying. Like in my head, like I've seen. Uh, I, I can see the poster already. He's got the dark saber in one hand, the fucking Beskar spear in the other, mm-hmm. and he's just you know on a mountain. Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian. All fucking Conan style. And they, and they have to. <laughs> they do have to sort all that out. Yeah, it's got to be sorted. Like they they cannot leave a cliffhanger like that in the Star Wars franchise. Which then means uh they have to then continue. I mean, people want more Grogu. How do you do more? That you can't just stop giving us more of that no, little goddamn no, baby. No, they 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 have started an appetite in American pop culture that cannot be satiated. Yeah, at this point no, not for not for a while. Like I mean, in like 10 years I can see some Dude, when Star Wars gets dumb again, and it will, because it happens <laughs> in cycles, yeah. you know, there'll be like a Grogu the Teen Years show or something that everybody uh, will be be like, I watched the first episode, it's garbage. Yeah, exactly. It'll get to a point where it's like, or they'll just age out of it, yeah. or oh, I'm, I'm over it now. Yeah, I, I got those two over there. I got, this little, I got this little thing over here. I got the bobblehead over there. It's everywhere. I even it's time for that to happen. It's, it's so cute. They're goddamn so cute. Um, it was it's a it was a good finale. It was forty six minutes too. Peyton Reed uh, yep. did an episode last year, and he did this one as well, which is interesting. I wonder. I mean, how, it's he's the uh, what was it? Pleasant Pleasantville. <laughs> Did you remember that one? I mean, I the got, black and white yeah. one. Yeah, he did that. He did like dramas and yeah. stuff. He's got chops. And then all of a sudden, he did Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets Ant Man. Now he's in this world where he's doing Ant Man movies and Star Wars shit, and that's pretty. That's I'm pretty okay wild. with it all. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It was a good episode. It was, it's a it's a good season. Maybe even better than the first. Yeah, because the first season had a couple episodes that I really wasn't fully on board with, and this one, every episode, I was like, "This is great." Yeah. I'm like mm-hmm. unequivocally loving all of this. All of it. No. Yeah. It was good. Agreed. Uh, okay. Media diet stuff. To finish out my hundo, I'm on like, uh, I think it's a nice one. I have four more movies to go. Okay. With, Are you going to make it? Yeah. 11 days left in the year? Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm coasting in into my, I'll probably do like 100 on the 31st. Um, The Harder They Come is a uh, well-known... Early seventies, uh, uh, Jamaica exploitation. Okay, maybe. Uh, what's this guy's name? God, now now that I'm talking about it, it's escaping me. Jimmy Cliff is the uh, the lead, and it's about uh, he plays a country boy who goes to the city, the big city in Jamaica, where he goes to see his mom, and his mom is like, "You're an idiot. Go back to the country." And he's like, "No, I'm here to to start a career. I'm going to be a singer." So he. Tries to get a record deal. Uh, Matt does manage to record a song, but he doesn't agree to the record producer's terms. So he just takes the record and tries to take it around to all the DJs around town. Like, here, play my music. And the DJ is like, oh, this isn't coming from the man. We can't play your music. Because if we do that, he'll cut us off. And then we won't have any music to play. Uh, so he becomes all about like having to, to fight this music monopoly in, in Jamaica. Uh, but he... It, while he goes from like country boy to uh he wants to be a singer to a drug dealer it's like make money to be a revolutionary street revolutionary uh then it becomes like an outlaw and he's running around like a fugitive and shit avoiding the cops and and uh shooting cops and shit and he goes up to his girl and his girl's like i I heard it on the radio but i know it wasn't you and he's like yeah it was me i killed killed those cops (laughs) i gotta go 
Um, it's really good. It's really well made. I love that it's 72 and made in Jamaica. Yeah. So it really is like a time capsule. Uh, <clears throat> almost like a tourism, cinematic tourism, where I can go to a place in time that I otherwise would never see. And mm-hmm. it feels very real because since it's so low budget, mm-hmm. it's just like... So it pretty much is real. Yeah. They just grabbed the camera, went out to the street, and like just filmed scenes with uh, yep. with actual people and yep. stuff. And Didn't get anybody's permission. Nobody got paid. Probably not, no. Or, <laughs> or they had to pay like the local crime boss yeah. who ran the neighborhood. Uh, it made me think again. Now, anytime I see anything with Jamaica, especially old Jamaica, it makes me think of that fucking book I read, The yeah. uh, Brief History of Seven Killings, which is not brief. It's 700 pages long. <laughs> Tiny font. 100 pages of killing. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, but yeah. So actually, though, the ratio, the page of killing ratio is actually pretty good if you mm-hmm. think about it. Um, and there are also like uh, offshoot killings involved with the main killings. So yeah. it's actually pretty. Plenty pre- of death. Pretty murderous. It's a murderous book. The harder they come. I watched this on uh, Amazon via Showtime. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so Showtime. Showtime. So definitely worth watching. Great soundtrack. Uh, but be ready to hear the song The Harder They Come at least six times. Well, I mean, it Four is. Four of them in its entirety. <laughs> I mean, maybe he really was trying to get that song out into the world, Chris. The, the, the soundtrack is credited with really blowing up reggae music throughout the world. It's like a two-hander between the soundtrack and then Bob Marley himself. Yeah. I think there is even a, one or two Marley songs on there. Um, but it, it does have an outsized influence in reggae mm-hmm. and Jamaican culture. And it's uh, very, very good. I really enjoyed it. 1972. Much more recent movie th- that I watched on Netflix. Came out in October called His House. Oh, I saw the previews for this. Did you? Yeah, it's got... Uh, uh, the chick in it is the sister from uh, Lovecraft Country. Correct. Ruby. Yes. Yeah, she is a, um, an English actress. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, when I started the movie, I was like, "Wait, well, that's a, that's that lady. That's mm-hmm. that's that chick." Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very good haunted house movie. Wish I would have watched it when it came out back during spooky season mm-hmm. during Halloween. It would have been a good choice. It's a about a um, South Sudanese refugee couple. They're they're fleeing, um, you know, tribal violence. And uh, they get to, at the very beginning, they're in, in England, they're applying for asylum, and they're granted, like, yeah, hey, here's some really, really, really shitty uh, uh, government housing that is now yours. Here are all the rules. You have to live here. You can't get a job. There's all the stuff you can and can't do. They're just happy to not be, be alive. Yeah. yeah. They're just happy to be a place where people aren't trying to sh- fucking machine gun them. And... They get into this house and it looks really run down, and then very quickly, uh, the dude starts hearing shit, and then she starts hearing stuff too. So it's like a haunted house type thing, where the like haunting stuff, the it's like they first it's coming from within the walls, and then it's a thing where they're like, while they're looking at a hole in the wall, something appears from the background. And then they turn around, there's nothing there, right. and then later they're they're doing a thing where uh, if the lights are off, you're, you're seeing ghosts, but then when you turn the lights on, they're, they're gone. gone. Yeah. Then you turn back off, and now there's like eight of them. You're yep. like, oh, shit. Yeah, they multiply. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so they throw in a few different tricks throughout the way. One of my favorites is the, the one that pops up sometimes with um, like white, 
like white rings in his eyes somehow, mm-hmm. so that when he's in the shadows, like you see the eyes first, mm. and he starts coming forward. You're like, "Ooh, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's creepy." creepy as yeah, thought. so it's got some really good creepy imagery. But then what really pulls it all together is what the ghosts represent, which is this guy's like you know your own personal demons. What, what's haunting you in your life? And for them, they're the the escape involved the sea crossing. Uh, well, it involved a lot of stuff, but ultimately a sea crossing that went very, very poorly. And there's an aspect of that that haunts the dude. So the haunting in the home is a manifestation of what's bothering him ah. uh, and what's bothering the two of them. And so then it's revealed throughout the movie. Oh, it's only an hour and a half. Too. That's a nice little personal haunting. That's not just like, I'm the ghost. You guys are going to deal with what I do. It's like, no, I'm tailoring this specifically for you. Yes, exactly. It's like, you come into this <clears throat> evil space and now I've come into your soul. And what's fucking you up? Well, now it's going to... Yeah. And it's effective. And um, it re- the reveals along the way work. It's an hour and a half, so it doesn't take that long. But by the time it gets like an hour in, you're finding out really what they're fleeing. They show you a little bit of it. And it's like, well, that sucks. And what they did to flee and what he did to flee. And then it's like morally compelling. Oh, this, that's fucked up, but it's in the same name of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. survival and all mm-hmm. that. So it's good. The ghost stuff is good. It's a conceptually pretty interesting. Also, so, um, like visually some of the, Sort of like nightmare, like dream mm-hmm. logic Im- imagery that they they throw in there is uh, is very interesting. Uh, I like it. It's really good. Written and directed by this uh, someone who it maybe I don't know if it's their first movie, but it's mm-hmm. a writer. It's a writer director deal. That really well, really really good. I enjoyed it. His house on Netflix. Uh, Music wise, Drew. Every time I die, put out a single. And uh, a, a, a double single, actually. And it's fucking every time I die, man. They're still doing it. They cool. gotta be late thirties, early forties now. All of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, still sounding very panicked and intense. I, I like their their stuff that says that sounds like they um they have a three minute song that they're trying to get done in two minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like like when it sounds like they're freaking out, they're trying to get it all done. Uh, and this one it's cool. The song's a colossal wreck. And desperate pleasures, uh, they like go together. They uh, like the riff for the second song starts at the beginning of the first one. Mm-hmm. They blend together, so it kind of feels like one long song. It's good. It's really good. Cool. Also, a few weeks. This is from a couple weeks ago, like late last month or maybe early this month. Smashing Pumpkins put out a fucking album. Dude, I've given a shit about Smashing Pumpkins in like two decades. And I and I put it on, and it wasn't bad, man. I, I was like, this is. Listenable. There's only one or two songs where I was like, oh, I'm not liking this at all. But for the most part, uh, it's, I mean, it sounds like evolved and updated. It's not like they're mm-hmm. just redoing Melancholy or anything. Okay. And uh, and I don't like Billy Corgan. His politics sucks. He's a weird wrestling fan weirdo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not even in a cool way. He got himself, like, involved with local mm. organizations and tried to be a booker and stuff. Mm. And he's, he's, he's strange. Uh, but I was like, this album's pretty good. Cool. That was pretty good. Anyway. Good for them. Blast, blast from a past from uh, Smashing Pumpkins and, no. and Billy Corgan. One of them is dead, isn't he? The uh, Chamberlain guy. He died a long time ago. I don't know. I think so. Heroin, heroin addict, I, I mean, believe. that makes sense. And also, I've been listening to a podcast called Best Friends. It's a Nicole Byer podcast. Okay. It's been around for a minute. Uh... But it's a very if I don't know, if just if people are looking for a new comedy podcast, it's very easy to listen to. Nicole Byer with her friends, the Shears Zamata. It's called Best Friends. It's great. What do you got, Drew? 
Oh, uh, I I watched two episodes of Mandalorian and playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. How's that going for you? Are you experiencing any of these bugs that are uh, that no, are bothering people? None of the big ones. Um, like the game's not crashing on. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. So sometimes yes. Oh, uh, that's, uh... Sometimes, like if I'm going into. Uh, a new area or something, and there's a lot of NPCs mm-hmm. or a lot of stuff going on, yeah. then it will crash. And does it just... Um, it, it just goes black screen and then straight back to Xbox. I just have to restart. I just had to hit... It's, it's like I turned it off. Yeah. Wow. So That's a bummer. Yeah, but other than that, that's really... like I haven't had any of the clipping issues. I haven't seen any of the weird shit. Mm. None of my missions get all weird and fucked up like oh, I can complete all my missions there's okay. no weird stuff happening with that and you're doing this on a Xbox One so the pre-gen Xbox apparently the PS4 purchases got um, taken off the digital marketplace and yeah. people who bought it got so refunded many issues. Yeah. That's, that's wild so. yeah. well apparently is the Xbox One just holding up better than the, the, the I guess one, I mean they straight up said that uh, a lot of the promotional material that they were putting out was from high end PCs uh, or the new generation of consoles not the old generation yeah. uh, and they admitted that the older generation it was pushing its limits anyway so damn and then even uh, you're pushing the limits of the machine, and then when you use a, a, a proper machine, you're getting more from the game. No. It's like you're getting a, a well, I mean, a lower res version of. Well, the yeah, exactly. It's just better graphics yeah. wise, but even still, like the graphics are amazing. Oh, so I'm sure. Right? Yeah, they, they they look good. I mean, because like you said, it's pushing the machine to its yeah, limits. Yeah, I mean, it's using everything. Yeah, exactly. And some point, you know, sometimes things don't come into full focus. But I'm just fucking running down the street in my car anyway. I'm not paying attention to that shit. I don't give a fuck if it's blurry. True. Yeah, true. I mean, if you're in a, doing a mission or whatever. Yeah. So you're enjoying the game? No, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Are you... Uh, running, around, running around Night City, hanging out with my Chumbas, going to see Ripper Docks, yeah. spending all the Euro dollars I can. <laughs> I understood most of that sentence. I mean, in context, <laughs> I, I think I got what was going on. Uh, how... Percentage-wise, how far are you in, like, proper gameplay? Uh, proper gameplay. So, uh, there are... Th- I've... At the point I'm at now, there are, like, three... I've got... I started off with one icon, mm. you know, and, and that's the V icon. That's you. That's your character. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, and there's a percentage points underneath it all. Okay. Now, I'm at the point where I have three of them now. So, there's me. There's something on the right that... Don't quite know what it is. <laughs> and there's the middle one is the Johnny Silverhand stuff. So that's like the Keanu Reeves missions. Okay. Uh, and I'm at 20% on V, 1% on, on Silverhand. the Silverhand, and 5% on the other one. That you don't even know what it and is. And I, I haven't figured out what it is yet because I haven't any. It, it's some weird logo that I haven't seen yet. And, like it's, It hasn't been explained. But you've done more of it than the Silverhand stuff percentage-wise. Apparently. That's weird. <laughs> So, all right, yeah, okay, maybe that's part of the glitch. Yeah, like, oh, we forgot to put in the explanation screen. I don't know. So, I mean, in my head, I'm probably, I mean, I'm still in the early game, very early game. I mean, I did, I'm in quote unquote act two because act one is kind of like. Uh, your introduction to the game, mm-hmm. like you, you learn some stuff. You learn how to drive, you learn how to shoot. You yeah. do some leveling up, yeah. uh, and then you get into like the main act of the game. Interesting. So, where it's something about, if I recall, finding finding a nuke, someone stole a nuke, looking for a nuke. No, that, that's all uh, Johnny Silverhand stuff. That all already happened. You are oh. in 
of the future of that. So what are you, what's your objective? So what, basically what happened is there's uh like think Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Once, once right. again, Carrie Carter. Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Explain that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So think Johnny Mnemonic where like, you know, cyber enhanced and you can literally like take a data stick, stick it in your fucking skull. Yeah. Uh, so you did that. Uh, but, on that data stick was the consciousness of Keanu Reeves, yes. a.k.a. Johnny Silverhand. Yes, yes, so yes, he yes, yes, yes. is trying to take over you from the inside out, yes. and you're trying to suppress him from the outside in. I like it. Eventually, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some sort of symbiosis. It's like, uh, it's like Gogito, man. Yeah, exactly. When, when yeah, Goku yeah, yeah. and Vegeta uh-huh. uh, meld together yeah, yeah, and become one yeah. super beam. But right, now, Keanu Re- but right now, Keanu Reeves is kind of a dick. So I like that. I like, <laughs> I, like, I like when Keanu goes a bad guy. Yeah, he doesn't he, do it too often. Yeah, he's not so much ever, right now. The the best way I can put it, like he's like I would say maybe <laughs> neutral evil. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he just really doesn't give a fuck one way or the other. But more than likely, he's probably gonna fuck something up. He, yeah, he's got a uh, bad intentions, but he's just gonna like um, let's yeah. see what's going on around yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time, what's least. he been a bad guy in? The Gift? Did you see that one with? Uh, that's a Sam Raimi movie with Kate Blanchett, where she has the gift, like uh, she's a psychic. No, I don't think so. Katie Holmes is in it, and Keanu Reeves is like the local town um, uh, dirt bag okay. driving around in a pickup truck and being abusive and shit. Oh. Small role, really good. Uh, was he? he was a bad guy essentially in Neon Demon, mm-hmm. where he was a creepy yep. motel owner. Yes, he was. Um, the Man of Tai Chi, which he directed, he plays the bad guy in okay. that. He's like the final boss gotcha. type of thing. What else? That's only three movies. Yeah. This guy has to have been a, a creepo bad guy in another one. Maybe not. That's amazing. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. That, that, that's probably why he's got the reputation because <laughs> he's never been a bad guy. It's like even when Tom Hanks was in Roads of Perdition. Yeah, he's like, he's the bad guy. He's no, like, he's not. He's, he's Tom just, Hanks. Tom Hanks. He's just like, yeah, he's killing people. But, but he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> He seems nice about it. You know, I don't feel like... It seems justified. Yeah, it's not malicious. Look, it's just a job for him. It's fine. He's fine. He has a family. Jude Law, he's the creep. See, then they have like an even creepier Jude Law in that movie. See, that's the bad guy. (laughs) Tom Hanks is the good guy. Um... I'm really thinking hard. There's got to be... Someone's maybe screaming this one. You forget about this one, you idiot. Well, you know what? You know what? I'm an idiot. I mean, depending Clementine's so de- good. De- depending on how you're watch from what point of view you're watching Point Break, maybe Keanu Reeves is the bad guy. You know what? He is the fuzz. Brody is a good guy. Hundred so, percent. Keanu comes around. The whole movie is how Keanu comes around at the end and lets him get away. I mean, if you're rooting for our robot overlords, then he's the bad guy. The Matrix. Yeah, but who's rooting for those guys? I mean, I could make the argument for Brody. I don't know if I can make the argument for. <laughs> well, maybe I could. Ignorance is bliss. So says Joey Pants. It maybe tastes be like better. steak. Yeah, it tastes like steak. Maybe I just want to be a battery. Let me be a battery. <laughs> Why does it got to be so bad? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Okay. So more cyberpunk. Yeah, sounds good, man. It is. It's a lot of fun. Sounds good. I'm enjoying it. I was really hoping to be back into the video gaming by now, but with the That's new gen so consoles be not being um, available to purchase unless you're willing to spend like 300% of how much it actually costs. Meaning people are holding on to their older stuff, meaning I can't grab one of them older ones right now at a cheaper cost. So they're still like almost full price, it seems. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I agree. How, at this point, I'm going to start shopping around for NESs. I can still get one of those for, I think, a hundo. I have, like, two dozen games, including the Mario Brothers. I mean, I got a Super Nintendo Ooh, and a 64. One and three. 
Uh, do you have those? Do you, like, do you actually have them? Yeah. Do you still have that Raspberry Pi thing? Yeah. You should, you should be using that. Yeah. Although there's a lag. It's like a t- yeah. goddamn lag. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a real bummer. It's a controller lag. It's a, what it is. Exactly. It's a controller lag, and it makes um, Mike Tyson's punch out a real goddamn pain in the ass. I'm sure. Especially when you start getting to like... Yeah, the harder guys. Yeah, bald bull and shit, you know. The second time around, he's a little harder. So, all right. That's it. Mm-hmm. For the media diet. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back. We got some comments in a Facebook group, uh, some questions. Uh, we don't have any emails, but that's fine. And then we got a whole bunch of news stories. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the second half of the show. gentlemen we are back we're doing the second half of the show this is our christmas christmas episode because uh, it's coming out before the holiday next time drew and i get together we after the holiday um that changes nothing so (coughs) (coughs) all right let's do this let's talk about this stuff email us cinema crespity so at gmail.com and we'll read it on the show but if you don't email us we'll then we read nothing. Patreon.com slash So Go there and sign up. Anywhere from $1 to $5 gets you access to everything. That's new shows every Friday. We're in the midst of... Snow- We're finishing sequel Sember. That's right. We have uh, we just put out our episode. Well, actually, we finished our psychology. Thank God for that. Uh, Drew Drew's uh, murderous rage in his eyes as we were finally wrapping up. Uh, when I was like, okay, now we gotta watch... Uh, exit wounds. He was like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, there's another one after this. He's like, "Oh my god, I hate you!" And it's got more DMX music than the other one. <laughs> so what the fuck? <laughs> so weird. Sorry, Jaw Rule. <laughs> Apparently, DMX is a better rapper. Oh, oh boy, he's a better uh, uh, barker of his lyrics. Oh, oh. Yeah, uh, come on. What's the? Was DMX just here? DMX, come back, <laughs> man. He's so good. Um. Yeah, guys, sign up. We're having a lot of fun. We're gonna be putting out our best of slash worst of next week on New Year's Day, and that's gonna be fucking interesting. Weird. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. Odd year for movies. Uh, and then we go into Michael Manuary. Ooh, so exciting. Also, uh, starting to write a little more. Trying to write a little more. So I put out a uh quick book reviews of the twenty one books that I read in twenty twenty. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash crispadisu. If you're on Facebook, get off it. Facebook is terrible. But if you insist on staying on, join our Facebook group, Cinema Crespity. So I put up a comment slash question thread. Um, this one actually got used this week. So we're going to go ahead and see what the people have to say. Drew, take it away. Joshua Brutal Jewel got at us. Yes. Asks, do you have a call-in line? A call-in line? Hmm. 
No. Answered. Cremella gets at us. <laughs> Fuck all that giving. Whoa. What are your favorite gifts that you have ever received? Ooh, favorite gifts. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, boy. When I was uh, three years old, I got the... Castle Grayskull playset that you know, like would open up yep. and they had all different mm-hmm. apartments yep. and like trap doors and stuff. And obviously, I got a few figures to go along to play with it. Yeah. Uh, that's like the earliest gift I remember to this day, maybe the, 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 the greatest thing I've ever received in my life. No, yeah. I got uh, the Thundercats Thunderdome. The Thundercat, this one I don't know. Thunderdome, so it was, it was the castle from Thundercats, okay. Uh, the big panther head on top yes. had two little buttons on the back, and you pressed them, and its eyes lit up like the lasers from the show. Whoa. Thunderdome toy? Yes. Look this thing up. Because that sounds cool as fuck. Why were toys so cool in the 80s? Because plastic was cheaper. And so was labor. Uh, abundant, <laughs> abundant plastics for, for the kids. I'm not really... Would it be something like this here? Uh, Think th- I mean I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. It's it was the Thundercats Castle. Was it this thing? That was it. That was it. Yes. Wow, look at that. I had that. That thing is cool as hell. I was also the only kid that I ever have ever known to have been on the receiving end of the GI Joe aircraft carrier. The the infamous. aircraft carrier. The <laughs> it it was basically an aircraft carrier shaped coffee table is what it was. I don't know. That's how big it was. It turned into our coffee table for a few months because, because it was so big. Because it was so big. <clears throat> my cousins, I didn't get too into GI Joes. My cousins had a ton of them, and I feel like I don't know. They had some big ass toys, and I feel like maybe one of them, if it wasn't the aircraft carrier, it was something that was just slightly smaller than whatever. Because they had some big ass GI Joe shit, yeah. and I was. Holy cow, look at these. Yeah, I had the aircraft carrier. I one year ridiculous. I got the uh a couple years after the He Man stuff, I got the turtle van mm-hmm. that shot pizzas. Yeah, pizzas. Yep. Yes. My buddy had that too. We lost all the pizzas. Did you? That's what I, happened. I, I think I kept I mean by the time. I wonder where where did all that stuff go? When, when at what point did it all get chucked out? I mean all, none of my stuff got chucked out. Well, it did get chucked out, but only after I blew it up with explosives during my young teen years. Okay, so you actively destroyed your Yes. Um, okay. I actively destroyed my childhood with explosives once <laughs> okay. I turned like thirteen. Alright, well, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens to the best of us sometimes. Um yeah, childhood toys were were the best gifts uh, ever since uh, adulthood. Uh, what nothing? I was about to say I mean, money, th- gift cards, give was, me money. I was about to say money or uh, intoxicating substances. Thank you very much. Yes, give me drugs, <laughs> give me blowjabs, give me vodka, Tito's, please, Tito's. This New Amsterdam shit. Maggie Schmidlin gets at us. What up, Maggie? I'm getting desperate. If I can track down Gabetoberfest, can I count that as two on my hundo? Unfortunately, you cannot. Uh, but it will count and you can track down Gabetoberfest. All you have to do is go into Google. You can just Google search Gabetoberfest, and you will find it. You'll it's find there. it. It's out there. It's out there. It's it watchable. Exists. It exists. If you want, if you want to put that on your conscious, go ahead. I'll, we'll count it as one point five. I mean, if you want, if you want to permanently damage your brain and see things that can't be unseen. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see, uh, if you want to see. Uh, our friend Cabin Boy Matt, a successful uh, realtor, um, interview girls while they have Twizzlers in their butt. And if you want to know how many Twizzlers could fit in a girl's butt, I forgot. It was like thirty something. It was, it was, it was, it was in the mid twenties. It was an impressive number. Yeah. 
Um, if you want to know, that's how you know that you should be biting the ends off the twizzlers before you insert because apparently they're, they're a little pointy. They, they found out a little late so, in the uh, in the routine. Someone found out late as she ran to the bathroom, like oh my god. And then Al's just sitting back there, like, <laughs> "Yep, here we go, Kevin. Yep. This is for your kidney, Kevin. <laughs> Welcome to Geektoberfest. Kevin's there the whole time too, interviewing yeah. people. Uh huh. We're having a great time. We're having a great time. Look at Drew mortified in the first row at his two friends who are way too into it. So into it on both sides. And, I mean, I knew, I knew one would. I, be I knew it. one would be into it like that. I knew that was like his jam and like his bag, which is why I invited said person. It's like I'm into the bus, <laughs> but then the other one was like, I guess I'm into it too. Yeah, exactly. Wow, well, well, I need to make room on my phone for this stuff that's gonna be readily available online in uh, next uh, tomorrow. <laughs> but not that front row view, though. Nope, not that. Not that. Actually, the camera was just like right there. I mean, I don't know. I I, I couldn't see nothing from where I, I I had the worst seat in the house. I tried to not think of the fact. Sure, close your eyes there. and picture. I can see it all. <laughs> I can see the room. Ugh. I know when we walked in. I can see the room before we walked in. The room when we walked in. The the the, the volley of <laughs> chairs surrounding it. The fucking vinyl sheep in the corner with the clown mask that I cannot get out of my dreams. They were just having they were just having fun with the with the sheep with the mask. They, they knew what they were doing. Dude, I'm sorry. When you put a clown mask on a vinyl sheep, like it just screams, what has that sheep seen? Uh it, <laughs> the sheep has been in some Rob Zombie videos, it sounds and, like. And the fifty gallon drum of lube. Oh yeah, well that was just a uh, uh, work related. Yeah, fifty gallon drum of lube. Costco saving money. Fifty gallon. What are you gonna buy a whole not, bunch of little things? Not, not a bucket, Chris. It was a drum. Yeah, exactly. It's for cheaper. At that point, you're really just paying for shipping. It's your only real. <laughs> at that point, uh, when I close my eyes, I can picture the catering table, which is like, why? Are, why is there food here in close proximity of any of this? So I, I guess rule one of Gabetoberfest is don't eat at Gabetoberfest. Rule two, yes. <laughs> right? That's that's a rule of most places. Don't eat there. <laughs> <laughs> Winghouse, Rachel's, Gabetoberfest. Don't eat there. Don't be. Don't be. Eating. Not a place for food. Don't be eaten. Uh, yeah. That's what we're here to tell you. You think it's a movie show, but we're really here to tell you <laughs> the best places not to eat. <laughs> Any place where there is a plethora of naked people, mm-hmm. I do not recommend eating there. Yes. I mean, food. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be specific about this. Yes. Yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about food. Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't. We're not doing an anti-ass eating show. No, if you want to do... That's, I mean, not, that's not our agenda. If, if there's a plethora of naked people, that seems like the... Perfect area for eating ass. Eat all that ass. As a matter of fact, we're not here to yuck your yum. Uh, yum it up. And uh, we're just saying, dietary-wise, avoid the buffet. <laughs> yeah. It might not be the temperature. That's all. You can, eat, you can eat some ass. But uh, that tuna uh, could be old and not, not healthy. I'm trying to pull something up. I'm like, why, why is my thing here about Batman? Oh, that was unrelated conversation. Um... Yeah, I think so. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't do it, Maggie. Please don't do it. And if you do, <laughs> listen. We warned you. Yeah, if you do, yeah, no, that it's we're we're telling you not to. It's like uh, young men raring to go to war, and the old men are like, "Don't do it, son." <laughs> they're like, "But I want to glory, Valhalla." No, no, <laughs> no. Glor- glor- some sort of glory, but not what you were expecting there. 
And all right, so we're also on Twitter at Crespediso. Instagram is Cinema Crespediso. PFT Media stuff as well. PFTmedia.com. All sorts of shows there. If you want other media shows, there's The Meat Limit. There's their their sister show, Real Housewives of Reality. If you're into uh, Real Housewives talk, uh, those ladies got it going on over there. Um, Scarlett and Allison, all part of the PFT Media family. Etc. 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 PFTmedia.com. News. Drew. Chris. Rest in power. We didn't talk about Debo down last week, right? I believe we did. I think we did. Yeah, COVID related. I'm pretty sure we did. And then I think just old age. I didn't actually look into it, but at the age of 89, Jean Le Car has passed away. Oh. Author of Ticker Taylor Soldier Spy. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest the spy novelists of all time. A lot of the movies that I've really enjoyed usually say based on a novel by John Lacar. Yeah, we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, Tinker Taylor, uh, one of the best movies of the of the twenty first century. Um, uh, Constant Gardener. Fucking, I, it's so weird how much I love that movie. It is, it is kind of weird how much you love it, but it, it's a very good movie. It's it, really it, strange how much I like that movie. Very good movie from the director of uh, City of God on that one. And uh, what, there's another one that's like everyone. We've all seen it. And I have a, I have a article here where I know it, it came up at one point. Also, oh, uh, what's his oh. name? Park Chan-wook just did a BBC, like I think a three-episode thing a couple years ago called The Little Drummer Girl with uh, a whole bunch of great actors. The other one I'm thinking of is Philip Seymour Hoffman's uh, starring last movie. One of his last movies, A Most Wanted Man. Very good movie. Yeah, very yeah. good. He, well, he, he's South African. Yeah, he also did The Tailor of Panama. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. There you with go. Pierce Brosnan and fucking uh, Jeffrey Rush. Because he's done so many great books that have been adapted throughout the years. I mean, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold is from the 60s, and that was adapted a couple of times, I believe. So, Jean Le Carre, hugely influential. And really, I just wanted a reason to bring up. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe even rewatch it. Goldman, bro. Goddamn, Gold Oldman, man, he's so good. Gary Oldman is just the Goldman. He's like the Bendelson of old. We got a uh, Tom Hardy, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, goddamn, I don't say it, Syrian Hines, Kyrian Hines, Syrian Hines. You mean Cillian Murphy? No, the guy who was in um, uh, like Rome and oh, yeah. uh, Miami Vice. Yeah. The big-headed dude, mm-hmm. Syrian, Syrian Hines. Um, yeah, Sir, Syrian Hines. Syrian Hines, yeah. right? Yep. Toby Jones, Mark Strong. Goddamn Toby Jones, motherfucking Mark Strong. Goddamn Colin Firth. John Hurt. Son of a bitch and John Hurt. Stephen Graham. This goddamn... Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> I think that's my brother. Uh, that's good. Very good. Take your soldiers. Bye, guys. Watch it. Okay, let's run through some of these stories here. George Lucas's Star Wars success, Drew, makes Francis Ford Coppola sad. I mean, why? Because he's made billions and billions of dollars and really, in all reality, only made three good movies. Or, wait, no, sorry, <laughs> two good movies? <laughs> well, here we go. 
um, Coppola are doing a lot of media lately because of um, the recut Godfather 3. Okay. That, that yeah, that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, and then people actually seem to be liking. Well, George Lucas created something that brought joy. Someone asked him specifically about Star Wars. He created something that brought joy and happiness and pleasure and even some wisdom to so many people. Whatever benefits he got from it, he deserved and is welcome to. If I feel sadness, it is that he didn't make the other movies he was going to make. He's truly brilliant. A talented person. Just look at American Graffiti and see all the innovation. We should have had more. So he just said that Lucas then, from that point forward, became the Lucasfilm guy, making all these big movies and not being able to make something more like a THX 1138. Well, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, he makes American Graffiti. He does those things. But also, like, he's... He was helping the other greats do their thing as well. I mean, yeah. without Lucas, there is no Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. That's, you his, know? that's his thing with uh, Spielberg. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and he did this with that person, and this with the other person, and this with that. So, I mean, there are bits of that part of Lucas in those movies, mm-hmm. but by far. I mean, Star Wars is the fucking crown jewel. It's a goddamn big, big ass jewel. That's like the crowning piece of that uh, yeah. that crown. Coppola just goes on to say that he felt like he's his, uh he's a younger brother to him, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because Lucas, like, he won a like a scholarship or an internship, I should say, at a at a movie lot. But when he was there, wandering around the lot, like nothing was in production. And then he happened to wander over to something that was. Uh, someone was working and it happened to be a Francis Ford Coppola project and that's how they became friends he was just like the weirdo kid that showed up and he's like he felt kinship with him Um, so he just goes on to be like since he's younger I feel like um, he's fine with celebrating his success but he also told them all the stuff to his face and he knows how he feels uh, and also, this is an interesting quote. He says, I recognize that my daughter, Sophia, is way more successful than I am, and people are more interested in what she's going to do next than what I'm going to do, and that's how it should be. Hmm. I like that. That he's very, uh, he's all about the younger generations and, and art being continued and celebrated and being passed over, even, is, is a, just a natural way of it all. He's still, he wants to make his final film. And he's been trying to make this movie for 30 years minimum. And it's called Megalopolis. And it's about a future giant city. Maybe even is it a whole, like, a is it just one huge city? or I can't recall if it's a mega city one scenario or if it's like a city planet yeah. type of thing. But it's futuristic sci-fi type deal. Uh, he's been trying to make it forever. And that's what he's trying to do now. He's like 80 years old. He's trying to get it done. I better get working on it, buddy. Uh, get working or or die trying. Fucking Ridley Scott just turned eighty eighty one. Uh, no signs of slowing down. I was about to say but that motherfucker. Like I saw him on like the you know raised by wolves making of stuff, and he does not look like an eighty year old man. No. Like he definitely still thinks like he's in his twenties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's his brain is moving. And he's talking fast, and it's like... And he, he looks he's friend. all there. Like, you can tell he's still all there. I wonder if he's, like, a health freak in, in that way. Does he right. exercise regularly? Is he just Does he just have good genetics, maybe, lucked out in that manner? Or maybe, you know, it's all those uh, embryo smoothies that they, the rich people <laughs> drink, right? <laughs> For real, though, they do have different <laughs> everything. Different drugs, different foods, different doctors. It's like Elysium. I mean, we're getting there. Yeah. Elysium's correct. 
in, in twenty years, in people gonna, in twenty years, people are going to be like, yeah. "This movie's great." I mean, hell, did I read? I read some article that uh, uh, someone who's been playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is like, "This is like Dallas now." Oh, interesting. Apparently, interesting. like a, a lot of the issues, like with the city and this and all the problems, blah, 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 just like Dallas. Like oh, wow! So, so, so we, might, we the... might already be at that stage. So a lot of what, what metropolitans have to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing. You're playing the game like, oh, this is a crazy dystopian future, and it's like that's someone really not that far away. <laughs> yeah, someone is just looking at the present and yeah. they're extrapolating. Someone would just like visit Dallas and was like, oh man, it's yeah. fucking uh huh. Interesting, Dallas. Uh-huh. Interesting. Apparently, Dallas. Interesting. Gigantic City, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, Keanu Reeves, talking about him earlier, he reveals why he's so drawn to futuristic projects. He says here, I'm curious about the future, and I think growing up on William Gibson and Neuromancer and reading, reading Philip K. Dick, even Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, watching Road Warriors, Mad Max, Blade Runner, even Planet of the Apes, reading Lord of the Rings, exploration of fantasy, science fiction. I don't know, I just feel the motifs that occur in this kind of storytelling is oftentimes examining the world that we live in. For me, there was something aspirational or supportive in supporting these stories that gave me escapism, but also helped me define my worldview and interpret the world. So he's lifelong, lifelong sci-fi fantasy uh, guy. I was about to say, I mean, he hit all the big ones right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, yep, read that. Uh-huh, yeah, cool, cool. Okay, cool, yep. gotcha. And that's why he's like, yes, Matrix, yes, Cyberpunk, yes, yeah. anything uh, futuristic. Even uh, 47 Ronin had its own like craziness yeah. going for it. And that's and, why I does, I have a soft spot for you know Constantine and Johnny Mnemonic, and there yeah. are parts of those movies that are god-awful and should be negative, should be burned, but still. Yeah, but <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic does have Jones, Jones the Talking Dolphin and Ice-T, and he's like, we're going to go see Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Jones? Oh there's, yeah, it's a dolphin. There's some redeem, some redeeming qualities. Dolph Lundgren plays a, a, a Jesus Christ monk serial killer mm-hmm. type guy. Yeah. Fun stuff. That's a fun movie. Very very bad. I love it. I love it though. And yeah, you're right. Because of a lot of these reasons, we yeah. do have a soft spot for for even his lesser works. Yeah. That's Keanu Reeves. Hey. Okay, next story. Moving on. Avengers Endgame actress got replaced for Ant-Man 3. So in Avengers Endgame, there's a plot point where Ant-Man is stuck in a tiny quantum version for like, I don't know, 15 years or or 10 years, whatever. The quantum realm doesn't matter. It's not even that long. I guess it's maybe just five years. So he's stuck, but then he comes back out. Um, So then later he goes to his house Rings the doorbell. His daughter answers. Last time we saw his daughter in the Ant-Man movies, she was a little child. Yeah. Now she is a teenage girl. And they're okay. like, oh, my God. And they have an emotional reunion. Ant-Man 3, casting has come out. That character has been recast. Okay. Not like I even remember her stupid face for the one scene anyway. Right, this poor girl. Uh, her name is Cassie, or the character's name is Cassie. Abby Ryder Fortson is the actress. And people were asking her, like, oh, shit. Like, fans of hers were like, what happened? You got regressed. So she finally put out a post where she said, just wanted to come on here and say that I see your kind messages. Thank you for your support. It's meant the world to me. I was as sad as you were to hear the news Thursday. I can only hope this means there is something else for me in the future of the MCU. I will always be grateful that I've been part of the MCU and the biggest movie of all time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so she found out, along with the rest of the world, no. that she's not in the Sounds movie. Sounds about right. That's a bit of a bummer, though. Yeah. 
Scott Adkins did an interview recently where he said that he regrets taking the role of one of the henchmen in Doctor Strange because... Because now he's out. Yes. Now he can't be anything else. Yes. <laughs> exactly. His character died. He's Dunzo Bunzo. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, damn it. I picked the wrong role to yeah. say yes to. I was about to say, he could have... Sh- I mean, at, at, like later on, like Scott Adkins could have showed up as any quote-unquote villain or even sidekick hero, whatever. Yeah. Like he's well-known enough. In action in, circles, yeah. essentially, and in movies, yep. and he's good-looking, mm-hmm. he's British Ben Affleck, exactly. he's athletic. Yeah. It's one of those weird things where, how come this guy's not more? What's going on here? Okay. He, he he went DTV. Yeah, where he That's was, why. like, doing so yeah. well, but, I mean, I mean he is he's the, had his chances. He's he, been in bigger movies. The thing is, like, he is the best of the low tier <laughs> he's the best of the worst <laughs> yeah like he 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 can he can cross the barrier yeah he can you know he can be in really big movies in small parts Expendables and Avengers or he can be stuff. a big really big part in a small movie in a, in a fucking yeah. Steven Seagal movie he can ride that line but you know that's all he's got that's so funny yeah you gotta know your line sometimes I wish I wish I had that kind of success um oh this is a fascinating story so Wonder Woman 1984, Kristen Wiig is a, a cheetah, mm-hmm. okay? And as we see in the trailer, there's Full even, transformation. She, like, and then Wonder Woman's like, what did you do? So yeah. it's like there's some sort of biological thing going on. She transforms into a cat. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 84 and the whole, they're doing, they're figuring out their cat person stuff. They happen to be filming in the same production facility next door to a little movie called Cats. Oh, Yes. So think about this. A whole movie where they're trying to figure out cat people, and then she's trying to figure out her cat thing, right? And there's this movie going on right right over there. Right next to me. <laughs> are, there, are there no Wait cat stuff what? over there? <laughs> okay, so here we go. This is her talking about them doing Cheetah. Finding the right blend of prosthetics and CG to make the transformation was... Pause. It took a ton of research and development. It started from the day I started it, and we didn't complete it until the day we finished. And this is one cat person for the end of the movie, right? Not even a whole movie full of them. It was so complex trying to figure out how to pull off that character. I would lose so much sleep over it, honestly, because it was like it could go so wrong. The first thing I did was when I got in the movie, they said, we can do this all CG. We can put hair on people. And I was like, show me the best examples of that. And I saw it and I said, that's not good enough. If that's where our technology is, that's not good enough. Cats was shooting on the stage next door. And I knew that they were going through the same thing. And then I heard that they were just going to do it in CG. And I was like, I hope it works out for you. But I've never been so thankful for the process I went through. So, uh, oh, and then here we go. I didn't want Kristen's face to become some animated bizarreness. Cats, looking at you, mm-hmm. cats. So then we ended up doing tons of prosthetics. Real work. And we only took over certain parts of her body. The rest of it is prosthetics. So it's a... It's a nice mix. Yeah. The, so the stuff that looks like shit in CG, you make for real, mm-hmm. and the other stuff you fill in. And whatever you absolutely can't do no. for, for prosthetics for real, then you do it CG. Uh, as opposed to the, well, like, wave your hand. We'll just do it all later on the We'll computer. do it in post. Yeah, we'll do it in post. Put on the suit with the dots, and we'll do it in post. That's what cats. Then you have well, I, the legendary, where, where's the butthole I cut? was about to say, so I guess we're not going to get a Wonder Woman 84 butthole cut? <laughs> no. Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> We'll see how risque they feel. <laughs> this is a PG-13 movie. We'll see how they... Uh, actually, shit, man. 
five days. Yeah. Fuck. Um, so Wonder Woman 84 finally, finally going to be here. It was originally supposed to come out November 2019. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a long-ass time ago. Um, oh, uh, because we brought this up last week, and we, uh, we're going to follow up. Shia LaBeouf, uh, abuse claims from former girlfriend FKA Twigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the singer Sia okay. has stepped forward. And she has a little post here where uh, it's the backup twigs where she says, I, too, have been hurt emotionally by Shia, a pathological liar who conned me into an adulterous relationship claiming to be single. I believe he's very sick and I have compassion for him and his victims. Just know if you love yourself, stay safe, stay away. And then she is retweeting a New York Times article about the abuse of claims. So, uh, oh, Shia. Bad, bad, sociopath. Talk about true sociopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that's bad. why he's a great actor. That's part of the thing, right? It's uh, he's so damaged, uh, and he puts so much of his into into his art, and then it's amazing art, and then he finds out, oh, but he's a garbage human being. He's a shit. He's a shit. That sucks. Well, ex-child actor. Yes, so. we talk about that in uh oh in a future episode. That episode doesn't come out <laughs> on Patreon, but yeah, child man, child acting should be before they even get pets, before they even get animals out of uh acting, they should get kids out of acting. Like Agreed. we we don't need yeah. kids in our entertainment anymore. What is this nonsense? I've seen plenty of movies where they just have a baby and a bundle and it's just a thing and it's not moving. Mm-hmm. Like my mind can do the rest of the work. CG the goddamn kid in there. I'd rather see a CG kid than a CG dog in a movie. Okay. Noted. Noted. All right. There we go. Yeah. Give me more uh, Terminator Dark Fate early furlongs and less Buck from Call of the Wilds. Okay. All right. We got it. Got it. Got it. Shia, you're out of here. George Clooney, get in here. You're next up in uh, where he talks about how he has kids. Okay. George Clooney, opposite Shia. Nice guy. Treats people great. He uh, hear about how he like. Something like 10 of his best friends, like his inner circle, his real friends. He invited them all over and gave them like a briefcase each. And they opened it up and a million dollars. Gangster. He just gave a million dollars straight cash to like all of his best, best friends. Um, He's George Clooney is one of the coolest dudes. And um, I wish he was my friend. So he's promoting the Midnight Sky Netflix movie coming out also very, very soon. Uh, Getting some good like early buzz behind it, which is cool. Uh, he directed it, stars in it. He really only acts in stuff that he directs now, it seems. And someone, I don't even know how this came up, but he's talking about now that he has kids. Quote, I know that my wife and I went through my films for what the kids could watch. And it was kind of like, well, it was like, well, they can watch Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox. And then after that... They can watch Batman and Robin for a laugh. But other than that, you kind of run out of things that three-year-olds are going to be allowed to see. I will probably have to look at some Sesame Street, the movie kind of thing soon. So we can like do something that kids can actually watch. Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't think it's their, you know, children are going to enjoy things like uh, intolerable cruelty <laughs> from dusk till dawn, <laughs> from dusk till dawn, up in the air, out, out of sight. <laughs> The Ocean's movies are PG-13, yeah. so they can enjoy them in like a decade. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They might not understand all the little jokes, but... Right. They probably can't. Like, They won't appreciate Good Night and Good Luck yeah. just yet. But mm-hmm. you know, when they get a little older and understand Perhaps. journalism. Yeah. So. 
I mean, I mean they, they could watch reruns of ER, right? ER is network TV. It's network TV. Was it? Uh, yeah. They could just rewatch some ER and be bored. <laughs> so bored. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny that he's like he's ignored the the family audience for much yeah. of his career and has not suffered from it in the slightest. Nope. Hence, uh, enhancing the allure of Mr. Clooney. Um, this is weird. Zack Snyder's Justice League might be rated R. Awesome. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, that's uh, this is him. Snyder, when I say him. This is Snyder. Here's one piece of information nobody knows. Well, now they do. Mm. The movie is insane and so epic, and it's probably rated R. That's one thing I think will happen, that it'll be an R-rated version for sure. We haven't heard from the MPAA, but that's my get. There's one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb. Cyborg is not too happy with what's going on with his life before he meets the Justice League, and he tends to speak his mind. And Steppenwolf is pretty much just hacking people in half. So the rating would be due to violence and profanity, probably both. Cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, I'm in. Yeah, and he's like, fuck it, why not? HBO and Warner's already committed to this. They're, they already floated the bill, and it's never going to theaters, so why the fuck not? No, there might there will, there will may be some sort of theatrical release as well. Uh, that's why they have to submit it to the MPAA to begin with. Um, yeah, if not, they could just throw on the TVMA logo and it, call it a day. Yeah, no, that's going to happen for sure, because it's a HBO Max. Oh, man. That's only six, seven months away. We may even be fascinated by that. No. In which case, I'll, I'll go see that four-hour <laughs> Is there an intermission? I'll go if there's an intermission. I need an intermission. Look, I got my edibles route uh, re-upped. Yep. I'll go Ready by, to go. I'll go buy $40 in chocolate and just, uh, <laughs> just... Couch lock for four hours. See, at that point, I'm more worried about the sugar intake than I am the tea. <laughs> Try chocolate. I'll just eat the oil. Just give me a whole syringe of oil. <laughs> yeah. Why am I fucking around with all this uh, cocoa? This cocoa. Oh, speaking of Justice League, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, all the Ray Fisher stuff, right? With the, So Warner Brothers, I like, concluded their investigation recently, and they handed out some remedial punishments to people. None of it was really made public. Ray Fisher hasn't really been like... Like angry about it online, he's been the whole barometer for how everything's been handled. So if it's almost like if he's gonna be happy, then everybody's gonna be happy. Then everyone's gonna be happy, right? So he hasn't really come out and said anything about the investigation yet. Um, but now Gal Gadot has confirmed her own shitty Joss Whedon experience. Here we go. It's an interesting quote that she has. Quote: "I'm happy for Ray to go out and speak his truth. I wasn't there." With the guys, when they shot with Joss Whedon, I had my own experience with him, which wasn't the best one, but I took care of it there and when it happened. I took it to the higher-ups, and they took care of it, but I'm happy for Ray to go and say his truth. So Gal Gadot, at this point, Wonder Woman, hugely successful movie, Wonder Woman 2, right? Yeah. She goes up to the big wigs. She's got more pull. And shit got taken care of. Yeah, she is Wonder Woman. I mean, yes, you are Cyborg, but you're just Cyborg, dude. You're just Cyborg. You're just Ray Fisher. You don't have your billion-dollar yeah. movie just yet. You're, you're not Gal Gadot. You're not Wonder Woman. So that's why when he went to the higher-ups, they were like, do you want to have a job here? Yeah. <laughs> just shut the fuck up and get back to work. That's when he got also black. But then she's a woman, but again, success. Money is really... Yeah. No matter how liberal or conservative you are, when it, when it comes down to money... People are really willing to do whatever they want to do or whatever they need to do to get that cash. 
and it's uh, sad. So, moving on to, uh, oh, we're wrapping up here with a few more. Oh man, this was this was a big story. You may have heard about this one, Mister. I'm disconnected from the world. The Tom Cruise. Yes. Yes. This this, this I do know about. Did you hear it? Or, yes. Yeah, I've heard it. It's great audio because yeah, he is. is so angry. He he's so angry, and yet, like. He's censoring himself, like it. It, it trying to at in times. his voice, like you can hear him picking his words. I hear to. yes, like he wants to say something, but he is not and choosing a different word right there on the spot. Yeah, it feels like, and it's, it's just it's a split second decision. And it's great then when he does go, "You motherfuckers!" <laughs> Sometimes yeah. so so angry. You're fucking gone. <laughs> yeah, and at one point he is like, I swear he goes. He does get a little tripped at one point where he goes, if you do it again, you're gone. And if you don't do it, you're gone. Like, wait a second. Uh, wait. Are people... You're getting flustered here, buddy. I think uh, I think people are screwed no matter what. Some of the, the direct quotes are, are pretty funny. My favorite part is when he's calling people out. He goes, and you, and you, and like three or four people, and I, you. I wonder who those people were. Exactly. <laughs> uh, being in that room, being pointed at. And then you could hear barely audible in the background. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever you say, Mr. Cruz. Yes, sir. Um, we are the gold standard. They're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. <laughs> they believe in us, what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every fucking studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. They were like the first big yeah, production. To go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we are creating thousands of jobs. You motherfuckers. I don't want to ever see it again. And... Uh, Oh, that's it. No apologies. You can tell to the people that are losing their fucking homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for a college education. That's what I sleep with every night. He's really is setting himself up as like the messiah of the industry. Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's trying to make movies again. Trying to make a gigantic movie again. Yeah. We are not shutting this movie fucking down. And it was already shut down at least once, yeah. I believe. Yeah. No. Well, and he realizes it too. Like he, I'm sure Tom Cruise... Even living on planet Tom Cruise realizes how good he has it. Yeah. And that, yes, he can make his movie, but he needs these thousands of other people to make it correctly. Yeah. And he, he granted, needs them to follow the protocols that he helped set up. Exactly. Like, he he can survive without this movie being made. The thousand people around him cannot. Yes. Yes. Uh, he does, when he brings up the... Uh, like college educations and food on the table, there are many bottom bottom of the line people who it's just a union job yeah. and they're just barely getting by. And if no movies are getting made, no one's getting by. Um, so that's why it is the rare rant, secretly recorded rant, obviously put out to it meant to embarrass him because apparently the, the tensions on this set yeah. have been high for a while anyway, and this is not the first. Uh, issue um so someone recorded it and put it out there intending to like embarrass tom cruise it did not work did not work everyone was like he's right can you come please and yell at these people can yeah. you come to my publics mm-hmm. and yell at people as they walk in you motherfuckers put on a goddamn mask put it over your nose um six feet he would oh man tom cruise just yelled florida can you give him a megaphone and yell florida uh george clooney tying it back to george clooney Tom Cruise did not overreact because it is a problem. I have a friend who's an AD on another TV show who just had the almost exact same thing happen with not quite as far out a response. So, uh, 
it only takes one or two people to fuck around on a on a set with protocols to get the COVID, spread it around, and now your whole shit shut down yeah. for weeks. And I saw an article a month or two ago. Productions are now having to add five to ten million dollars minimum to your production to pay for all the PPE, yep. all the daily testing. They're testing people with rapid testing kits. They're using different types of kits because of yep. the um, the efficiency of some of them. Uh, they're testing people multiple times a day. They're splitting people up into groups. If one group, someone gets sick in that group, then they have to like quarantine them all, bring in another. It's a nightmare yep. trying to just get us. New episodes of uh, Search Party. I don't know. What are we trying to watch here? I'm not watching Search Party. Maybe we should start it. It's got pretty good reviews. If you say so. People like it. They do a different genre of season. I missed out on so much other television. So <laughs> much television, Drew. I can't even can't even do it. Um. And yeah, he. A lot of people are, are like at the at the most. People are like, maybe I wouldn't have been so intense. As Mr. Cruz. But you still got to get that point across. But the messaging, everyone agrees yeah. with the messaging. Uh, Steve Colbert put out a video, or he showed on his show, didn't put it out. It was on, they put it on the late night. They took the audio, but they put it on Rankin and Bass. Um, uh, Santa working in the workshop. Nice. And, and they put masks on everyone, so then Santa's like Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then it goes, and you! And then it's an elf. And you! <laughs> they kept, yeah, that was really good. Um... Speaking of, this is uh, all by accident, speaking of Scott Atkins, recently he was, um, when Daredevil does anything cool, not Daredevil, when Deadpool does anything cool karate-wise in um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's Mr. Atkins. It's Mr. Atkins. He was the stunt double. And so here's him, his opinion on the look of the character. Scott Atkins, quote, when I got the role, I was very excited. I was fully expecting to see the entire Deadpool costume and all that. And when they brought me in and I saw the concept art of the mouth sewn shut and the laser eyes and the claws that pop out, I thought, this isn't going to work. And he's right. Yeah. He's right. So even Scott Atkins, but he still did it. He made the movie. He, he got his money. He made, and he's been around a while, man, in the industry. Yeah. It's funny. He, he could still pop up in another. Have they recycled actors yet in the MCU? Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans. Because he was in non MCU stuff, he, it was Marvel, uh, Fox Marvel, yeah. Uh, so essentially, the same thing with um, yeah. But even some of the Fox Marvel stuff MCU. transfers over. Now it does. <laughs> now it is. So it's crazy with that Spider Man movie. Yeah, now it's now yeah. it is transferring over. All right, couple last couple stories here. Uh, I am a fan of the Jackass crew and their comedy, just the right age uh, for all that going right into college. That stuff was blowing up. Mm -hmm. It was a, uh, it was great. So I don't know how I feel about this. It makes me kind of sad, but Jackass four is in production. Oh, these guys! <laughs> yeah, now now it's like now, yeah, now it's sad. Now Chris. you're old. No, yeah, now they're old and puppy. Now it's sad. It was one thing when they were in their twenties. No, exactly. And they were invincible, <laughs> and they could, you know, if they broke their fucking back, they could actually survive. Yeah, it's like yeah, you're fine. You're a young guy. You're drunk. Yeah, not anymore. <clears throat> no, not not now. It is just now. It's just oh, sad boy. and masochistic. Yeah, twenty years later, here we go. So they started shooting. And already, Drew Sakagwin, 
Yeah. Two people have been hospitalized. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And not just rando people. No. Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O already landed in the hospital. Um, they were doing... They were trying to jump onto a treadmill while carrying musical instruments. And they're both in the hospital. Uh, Bam Margera says a tuba was involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. I'm sure <clears throat> it was very painful. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. These guys. Yeah, it... it Kind of bumps me out. Oh my god, Johnny Knoxville's forty nine years old. <sighs> Steve O's forty six. <sighs> Sad. And then Bam Majera, have you like when was the last time you've seen him? Yeah, no, he looks like shit. Oh man, he's like man. He, he went He's to, the puffy one. Yeah, what happened? Why drugs. Yeah, success. Drugs and success. <laughs> yeah. Um A show on MTV. When that mattered. When was the last time an MTV show Jersey Shore? Which was 2007. When was that? Some MTV show mattered. I'm not and, sure if they ever really mattered. I mean, in a, in a pop culture, like they made a dent in a pop cultural way. Oh yeah, I'm probably Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore, maybe one. it was one that Teen Wolf was popular for what they were doing, but it didn't break out. People, like people know what Jersey Shore is. No. Like my mom knows what fucking Jersey Shore yeah. is. Um, man, MTV felt so big, and it essentially had a pretty short run. Like, as a music video thing, it was early 80s yeah. into the early 2000s. And I mean, then it was done with music videos yeah. by the time we were in college. Well, but the early 2000s, that was the TRL days and, like, the... That was the M- one thing. The MTV Beach House at the summer. Yes. And fucking Road Rules. Road Rules. Real, real world. world. So they were vanguarding they, they, the they in, uh, reality they stuff. They invented reality TV. Yes. The, the reality <laughs> TV that became popular with Survivor and all that. Yeah, that they invented it with that, the real that, world. That's MTV. It makes sense, too. It's all Viacom. Yeah. Um, hugely influential for those years, and then yeah, like uh, if, if you had a music video and it played on MTV, that could be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Rollins uh, attested to the power of MTV with uh, "Liar." Mm-hmm. He said after that song came out, he there was a for sure uptick in audiences. Uh, they were all when they started playing the song. You ever do? You go to a concert, Chris, and, and like the the single gets everyone super excited. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. It's <laughs> a great song. Money for nothing and chicks for free. Uh, and then Weird Al did. Um, I want my oh Beverly Hillbillies. Remember that one? No, 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 nope, not that one. His spoof of um, is it? I want my MTV. Was the name of that song? I'm pretty sure yeah. the spoof of that was Beverly Hillbillies, and the whole thing was just about the story of the Beverly Hillbillies, like the opening okay, theme song. Yeah. Um, give me that. Give me that. You don't remember? Man, I think we're going to have to do... I don't want to do comedies for the Patreon show, but we may have to do UHF because it's just so... Weird. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Both. Um, All right, here we go. Last story. Goddamn MTV. Beavis and Butthead. Mm -hmm. There was a... The Head, the Max, Liquid Television. Liquid Television shit is great, and it's on. A lot of that's on YouTube. Uh, that one with the biker chick, Winter Steel. <laughs> I don't remember, remember Winter Steel. No. It's like a little puppet, like biker chick driving mm-hmm. around. Uh, made me horny when I was a kid for some reason because I didn't know I was like ten years old. Yeah. I was like, what? What is this? Um, what else? Look, oh, Aeon Flux. Yeah, that definitely made me horny. But oh me, well, yeah, but that, that was meant to why. though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's that, going on. That, that is that entire thing, like that is um, a super <laughs> hypersexualized yeah. cartoon. Like 
I remember, and I, was like I can 10. still like see some of the scenes, like when oh, when her and what's his face like tongue kiss, like to swap the, out the, uh, the animation style yeah. of like their tongues, and it, like it is. It's like Bill Plimpton. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like grotesque. Yeah, but kind of hot and wet, but kind of hot at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Why are they showing this?" And then she like uses her tongue to flip open a tooth cap and, yeah. and take out a, 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 a tracker or a pill or something. Yep. Um, the Green Knight. I know. God, this is like, why I bring it up because I know this is one you like, want to see. I, I the it was supposed to come out and then yep. it just kind of went away and then there was this fucking Dungeons and Dragons style board game that came out yeah, that, that a, looked amazing. That, and I'm just like, yeah. so this movie still exists? Yeah, a two four selling that board and game, then, and then it just kind of fizzled again. And, the, and then you're like, oh no, is it going to go straight to streaming? Is a two four going to use their Apple deal, just make it an Apple exclusive? No, what's happening? Uh, theatrical release from yes. set. Jersey Cogburn. A24 has set this movie to come out. It was supposed to come out May 29, 2020. Now it will be coming out July 30, okay. 2021. Okay, so next I'm I'm down. That's the thing now. Now that we got these vaccines rolling out and we're looking at G-pop getting it, um, you know, schmoes like you and I getting it uh, April, May, People can start like looking at summer, like truly reopen. You know, like yeah. how Florida reopened. Yeah. Like the rest of the country can finally do it for real. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not, not like the idiots here in this state were like, oh, it's all fine, guys. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. I don't believe you. No, no. We just had, we just had, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're experiencing a 9 11 worth of deaths a day in this country. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't take into account yet the Thanksgiving bump. Yeah, well, and the Christmas bump that's about to happen. Yes. We're talking. Two 9-11s a day about to happen yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But it's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do that anymore I'm pretty okay. soon. I'm okay. Well, in a couple we, weeks. Chris, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, true. That's not, <laughs> that's not Until yet. it actually happens, I'm not counting my chickens before uh, they until hatch. Until it actually literally yeah. vacates uh-huh. the premises. Yeah, I, then I, I don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see this week because um, everything's supposed to close up for... This is how we'll end the episode. <laughs> Political uh, predicting. This week, everything closes for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and Michael Cohen, his personal ex-lawyer, um, who's been pretty on the nose with some of his predictions, oh, yeah. said that he would go to Mar-a-Lago as planned for Christmas vacation and then just would not go back to the White House. And that would be awesome. It would just vacate, yeah. not concede, yep. but also not just, like, just, yep. just leave. Yep. That would be... That that would that'd be awesome. Oh, my God. That'd be so amazing. That would be fantastic. We'd also have a... Uh, Technically, like an empty, like the boss's office is empty for three weeks here at the beginning. Well, of the I year, mean, but. I'm not sure if you're aware. Uh, <laughs> fucking idiot. But uh, I'm probably not aware. Tell me. Mike Pence has already planned his exit strategy. What's a, what's he doing? So on what after? Because Senate has to the Senate has to ratify the electoral college stuff. Yes. Uh, and it's normally just like a nothing thing, like the vice, like the. The president concedes, and the uh, Senate does their thing, and the vice president's just like, yeah. Yeah, we, sign uh, off on it. Sign off on it. Well, technically, he still has to sign off on this bullshit. Sure. And he's still technically, like, I think that happens, like, a couple days before January 6th, which mm-hmm. is the actual turnover day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, the 6th, yes. He, so, the day, the day he signs that thing to officially transfer over, he... 
right after he signs that, he is on a plane and he's going to like he he's basically leaving the country for three months. Hey. <laughs> like he's going here and he's going there and he's going somewhere else. It's already all been planned. Like he he's, oh, he, he's, he's gonna a, he has his full itinerary. Yeah, out there. he like he he's gonna fucking. Sign the certification. Joe Biden is president. Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> he has been extremely absent since election night. Like no one's heard from him. He hasn't. Like very very recently, he made his first like public any sort of yeah, well, appearance or, or statement. Because even though he's a lifelong Republican and a lifelong conservative, I'm sure he's looking at what's going on and is like, "You're destroying <laughs> democracy." It's possible. Yeah. So I was like, "I don't want any part of this. I'm not talking about it. I'm going to do my part and then fuck off." That's very possible. And uh, McConnell and yeah, we're gonna finish with a uh, t- talking politics with politics. <laughs> I'm politics. He's Paul. The uh, McConnell and some other high-ranking GOP people they did a phone call, and this like anonymously came out that they told House Republicans do not bring up any sort of uh, resolution to overturn yeah, the election don't, don't do it. because that will force us. To, to vote against him. To have a vote. Yeah. And then we'll have to vote against Trump, and we don't want to be seen as having to vote against Trump. So it's in the best interest of unity that you don't try to fight for this bullshit that's not going to happen yeah. anyway. Because there were people who were like, we're going to do this. Uh, so January 6th. And then right around then, when's the Georgia runoff? So that's also the first week of January. The 5th, yeah, maybe. Uh, so that's super key. Yeah. If, if we get those two seats in Georgia, which I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you, Joseph Kyber. Welcome. And, uh, you are welcome, listeners. We'll be back next week with 416. And that'll be our final episode of 2020. Holy shit. Looks like we survived it. That, that, that for once, was legit on the table. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Survival of the show and our lives. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, danger's not over yet, Chris. Uh, I'm just saying, if symptoms pop up now, death won't happen until 2021. So yeah. I think we can at least, you know, gasp away into 2021. <laughs> Happy New <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right at 11.58. Like, he even stayed up this year. <laughs> he never stays up. <laughs> not in about a decade. No. Why? Just, What's the point of it? Just let him jump. I'm just trying to get up for Saturday. Seriously. I have to get up early tomorrow. I, I don't like that shit to do the next day. I gotta got uh, fix things and water plants and comb my hair. Um, all right, guys. We'll be back next week. Merry Christmas to you. Happy Hanukkah. I have a tip top tet and a uh, solemn dignified Ramadan. Is it Ramadan? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Love you guys. Bye. PFT Media Production.